Hi, my name is Ian Khan, and you're listening to the Innovation Times Podcast. I am a technology author, speaker, and an advocate for everything good that technology brings. A part of my work is running the Innovation Times Podcast and bringing together people from various aspects of the industry and talk about how technology is affecting the way that they perform their jobs, their functions, and how they're leading their organizations to change that's propelled by technology. As part of my podcast, I interview people from all segments of the industry and different verticals as well. Welcome to Innovation Times. Hi, this is Ian Khan with the Innovation Times podcast. I'm here with Chris Hobson, who is the Chief Medical Officer with Orion Health. Uh, Orion is a leader uh, in uh, in many different things, uh, a very large solution provider, cutting-edge solutions that are serving healthcare uh, today. I'm here at the uh, Toronto eHealth conference, uh, and uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on board, uh, Chris. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us about Orion. Like, what have you seen in the show that 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 helps you capture that that market? That helps you push that message out. Tell us what Orion is doing, and uh, you know, how is the market uh, reacting to that? Sure. Um, so Orion's um, base, core base, is integration, the ability to integrate data. And so in Canada, we so we have a message uh, integration engine, uh, Rhapsody. It enables us to, uh, it solves, or largely solves the problem of interoperability. Healthcare and interoperability is a long-standing sore point. My computer system doesn't talk to your computer system. So Orion's been in that business of healthcare interoperability since, uh, really we started in 1993. So rushing forward to today in this conference, a number of our clients who've bought the integration engine are here. So for instance, at the CHIA award last night, um, Ontario MD won an award for their hospital report manager. And what that does is it takes uh, discharge letters from all of the hospitals around Ontario and safely and securely and rapidly messages them to uh, provider clinics all around Ontario. So it's a very large scale implementation of of our integration engine. Also, uh, some of the other customers who are here, like uh, SickKids, for instance, they've bought the integration engine to connect their hospital systems within the SickKids hospital with a, a little bit of a look to the future that perhaps in, perhaps in future they could integrate data from district hospitals, district children's hospitals, when, especially when a patient who's very sick goes to SickKids, then they go back to the community after they've largely healed and they can exchange the data as well. So both within the hospital today, but a future view of around the whole region. Um, so that's the, the integration engine. We also have um, like the central data store that holds all sorts of data, which we were just talking about, and the portal. So we've put together, um, we've put together provincial electronic health record solutions. So Alberta, uh, Saskatchewan, uh, Quebec, New Brunswick, Newfoundland are here. Uh, many of their representatives are here in the conference. Um, within those, uh, in Alberta, we've an e-referrals project. So the physician can send the referral, generate the referral and send it to the hospital. The exciting thing about e-referrals is now the e-consult. 
So instead of me having to send this patient to see you as a specialist, I can just say, hey Ian, how do I best manage this patient? And up to 40% of the time, studies have shown that that can reduce the number of patients that actually have to see the specialist in person by 40%. So we have a project that's doing that now in, in Alberta. Um, my other interest of things that I've seen here is around safety and privacy. So it's essential that the applications obviously handle, it doesn't do something unsafe and that it doesn't mess with the privacy of the data. And so yesterday I was speaking to um, one of the sessions yesterday afternoon and talking about privacy and safety. And it was, it was really interesting because it was a group of people, uh, presenters and researchers, and one of the things very clear is patients are very concerned about their privacy. So I think as, as, as doctors we want to see, or physicians, we want to see all about the patient, but it's becoming, patients maybe don't want to tell us all about the patient. And that's relevant, I think, when we're talking about thought leadership. We'd love to do more technology, more of the APIs and distributing the data widely and having the apps doing wonderful things. And I think it's really important and it's, it's innovation and we really want to support that. But we're seeing this balance between innovation and safety and privacy as being quite important to get. Yeah. You, you can't just build an app and throw the data yeah. willy-nilly. Yeah. So. Thanks, thanks so much, thanks uh, Chris. That's, uh, I think that's a lot of insight. Now, you mentioned a the, the, uh, few different things, but mm. you know what that, that takes me to one point is that, that element of collaboration. Yes. And so technology, I think, is, is facilitating that to a huge extent where we are able to share data, manage data, um, you know, and do all sorts of things through, mm -hmm. through the whole value chain of, uh, of the healthcare industry. Now, one of the good things, or I would say the bad things, or let's say the yes. interesting things about it, is the generation, the management of all this data. Not, not the information, not the privacy side, but Just the massive the volume of the data that's yes. being generated, which is giving rise to big data. And then we're talking about being able to do analytics on it and deriving yes. those insights yes. uh, from that data so that you can have a meaningful action uh, follow up on that. How much of healthcare is utilizing that part? How mm. much? How how ahead are we in the in the curve? And how much more do we have to go? That's a very good question. So I think there's a lot of enthusiasm in the market, and certainly within Orion, um, the ability to capture large data sets uh, to include all of the clinic, conventional clinical data about a patient but also the device data, their Fitbits and those kind of things, their genomics, um, behavioral health data has traditionally been siloed and we're kind of bringing that in, um, genetic data when we can get it, and um, in the US, claims data. Although actually, sidebar on that is we actually have done some work in Canada as well with various ministries of health and they can also have some claims data that physicians have made and we can put that in these large databases. And I think that we are seeing um, insights coming from big data, um, insights that we maybe wouldn't have had. The conventional research model, the researcher thinks of a, a clinical problem and runs a trial mm -hmm. and sees some, sees some cause and effect things. Yeah. In the big data we see these correlations. I think in terms of how well that's being used in healthcare, it, it still has a ways to go. Um, 
One of the things is a lot of healthcare data is still in documents, PDFs and, and Word documents and so on. So the ability to parse through the neurolinguistic programming, natural language processing, sorry, to, to pull out the relevant data there. So I think what we've seen in healthcare, big data, is giving us some correlations and you know, you see things, I don't know, um, correlations between use of a drug and subsequently Alzheimer's disease 20 years later based on this big data. That's helpful, but I, I think um, it, it's going to be an exploding area over the next 10 years or so as we get more of that data, but more accessible, more accessibility to the data. Think about the surgeons who love to just dictate. Mm -hmm. You've then got a typist, maybe types it, but we've still got to pull out of that what's the real value um, yep. value base. Yeah, I know that's that's very interesting, and mm -hmm. I've had a, I've had more than a few conversations here during the show. And the focus is all about the information. It's the data. Mm. It's it's not the technology. Mm. It's it's just the data. It's the management of it. It's the best practices. Yes. And it's uh, you know the workflows. And that's really yes. what the conversations are all about. Yes. L let me ask you about some of. And you mentioned a word that triggered this thought in my mind. Uh, let me ask you about some of the upcoming technologies out there mm. that are, uh, you know, uh, the buzzwords of yes. today. Yes. And what your uh, insights are on them and how do you mm -hmm. feel whether they do or they do not fit into um, the world of uh, the world in which you live. The first one, Internet of Things. And you mentioned the word wearables. Yes. Tell us about Internet of Things and how that Absolutely. fits in. Absolutely, yes, yes. <laughs> So those are, it turned out that those are relatively straightforward to integrate. We used to worry we'd have to have an interface to all of these devices and there's thousands of devices, but the market has solidified so we can talk to companies like Validic and then Validic talks to all of the devices. So that's made it easier for us to advance in terms of capturing that data. Um, it's turned out that it's fairly straightforward for us to, so it's digital data, it's it's a blood pressure on a date and time or a heart rate and so on. So the data's coming in pretty well. Um, we have made some progress. So the kind of things we'd be talking about is from a clinician's perspective, and, and there's obviously the patient and the wellness and prevention, and those are very important. From the clinician perspective, uh, we have our own solution, remote patient monitoring solution, using those devices, types of devices, and we've got studies that show that connecting a patient up to those devices can be just as effective as putting them on with diabetes with, say, metformin. So as good as, or nearly as good as, or more as good as yeah. the drug. Yeah. So long as you can get that patient motivated and so on. So the Internet of Things is exploding and is huge. Um, so I guess... The thing it doesn't give you, so the one thing it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you the mental health and the behavioral health. Mm -hmm. uh, we came across this, people wanted to uh, say, well, what's a blood test for depression? Well, there is no blood test for depression. Yeah. It's still yeah. a, a talking diagnosis. So technology has some limitations, um, but equally, all of that data is valuable. And we can, we've actually found we can present it in ways to clinicians that are pretty straightforward. So, for instance, a timeline, and I can see how your heart rate, so I might have more data, it's kind of like the stock market, yep. clinicians are used to having one data point every three months yep. or something, now you're getting it minute by minute, but if it traces out the curve, it, it, that's actually, mm -hmm. that's valuable, mm -hmm. but no, and not too, I guess my main point there, not too hard, it's yep. not turned out to be a big barrier, and it's a valuable supplement, yep. yeah. 
and uh, you know the, the predictions and analysis by you know uh, the analytics companies yeah. of the world, the gardeners, mm. the foresters, uh, providers such as Cisco. There's all kinds of predictions out there mm. about the number of devices that will be out there. But you have numbers like 50 uh, billion devices or yes. two trillion sensors will be out yes. there in the next five to ten years. Yes. And uh, looking at things right now, I, I think that's a huge possibility that. Uh, you know, we will cross that chasm. We will be at the two trillion sensor uh, point of, uh, and and a lot of those devices will be uh, healthcare devices, wearables. Mm. You know, clothes that can sense your your perspiration and then send those measurements to your uh, diabetes monitoring uh, equipment and say, hey, there's a little bit more. So there's just so much going on. There is. Yeah. And so this is a case of um, technology. So technology in the database. Um, software technology perspective has to be able to keep up with uh, database and servers and, and all of that side of it has to have to keep up with as this Internet of Things gets bigger and bigger and if we're looking so really what I'm saying is up until now so far we expected it to be worse and we've actually got big data the NoSQL databases we can handle a huge volume of data and we can present it now that's <laughs> as of today yeah. Now, if you take you know um, a, a province or something, and if they really start to connect all four million people or all ten million people, who's to say we're not going to get in the next few years a completely overwhelming amount of data? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean it's going to happen yeah. as, as we measure more and more things, and these are going to have more uh, indicators, be found to have indicators. And at the same time, yeah. at the same time, we've got all this genomic data. So clearly, it, it's straining the capacity of a, a mere yeah. human to really understand all this. Yeah. Um, messages for now, we're coping, actually, and it hasn't been as bad as we thought. So that's that's good news. The bad news is um, it, it is going to expand, as you say, to the trillions. And how are we going to piece through that? I mean, we've done a lot of I've done a lot of work with our team on the not just the analytics, but and not just the regression models, but the predictive models and mm -hmm. trying to find meaning in this huge sea of data. Now, what, um, what re that really tells me is, uh, without being forthcoming and predicting sure. the stock market, yes. it really tells me there's a huge opportunity for um, companies and innovators and organizations to cap capitalize and, and maybe even start building on this capacity to serve the needs of the expansion of data. I mean, yes. we've, we've also heard that uh, all, the, all the data that was generated in humanity ever has been now generated in the last two years yes. because of the internet. Exactly. And if data continues to rise exponentially, Which it will. You, you can Which imagine, it will. Mm. right? And mm. uh, okay, we might be able to survive the next two years, five years, yes. 10 years. Yes. What about the next 15, next 20 years? Yes, that's right. Right? No, it, it, it absolutely is a concern to us, especially because we've specialized, specialized in pulling all sorts of data. So the, the two pieces, you've got to pull all that data into some kind of database where you can just house the stuff safely and securely and with privacy and all of that. We feel like we're getting pretty good at that. We've, we've, got, we've got the technology at that point. Now you've got to find the meaning in that data in order to show a physician or show a patient. Um, we don't really, with the, say take the genomics is something we've been working on, we talked about precision medicine. I mean. Ideally, if this all works, we, it will be a precise medicine because we'll really know all about you and be able to say precisely, this is what to do. 
but today it's still relatively uncertain just because you have a gene sequence whether that really causes the disease or not or maybe it causes a small increase. Uh, my brother-in-law is a cardiologist and he's been looking at this and he's saying so well that genetic sequence increases your risk of a heart disease by 1.02 mm -hmm. this other one increases it by 1.03 so we've, we're really getting um, a lot of data that on the genomic side we don't really understand the meaning of it and maybe maybe that's the difference with the Internet of Things at least until now I know blood pressure I used to take it on a cuff on your arm now I get it you know yeah. if you, you, Google's got a contact lens that will give you the glucose but I yeah. know what that means yeah. Yeah. but with the genomics and some of those other things we don't even know Correct. too much about what it means yeah. so yeah no I completely agree the mm. industry is there, there's, there's a lot of Opportunity is all I can there see. Is. There's a lot of opportunity, and uh, you know, if if you rewind the world, say 200 or 500 years ago, I can imagine that the new uh, the new type of a wheel that drives your cart could have been a crazy invention, and now your cart can go faster. Now we're we're talking light years ahead. Exactly. We're talking about uh, you know some a ripple effect of something uh, happening in Australia or yeah. New Zealand. Uh, Orion is uh, yeah. out, based out of New Zealand uh, yeah. to begin with. And we can see you creating value here in North America, and, and that's the case with anything. Yes. Um, so we, so part of it is, so what are we doing to try and cope? So one is actively involved with universities and understanding, especially the genomic data and, and the metabolomic and all of those other things, forming partnerships with universities and also with the terminology. So that, so not so much a technology, but a, the capabilities mm -hmm. around the, we're talking about meaning of data. Yeah. So there are things like the SNOMED. SNOMED's a, a system we've always had for classifying diseases and it's very comprehensive and it's a fantastic thing. But now there are newer um, ontologies talking about the genomics and how that, that gene maps to that disease or it looks like that gene yeah. maps to that disease. Yeah. So as that data gets, so we're working to handle it, to use the meaning and the, the data plus the meaning to present that to the physician. Um, so that that's kind of where we we're really involved in that right now, you know, okay. um, and and doing that. Yeah, I, I know we're running short of yeah. time, and uh, okay. you have to go uh, very soon. I'm going to ask you two two really quick questions. One is around uh, the idea, or you know, the thought of uh, jobs being created mm -hmm. because of the new economy, the yes. new information economy. Yes. Uh, I personally believe a lot many jobs are going to be created. Absolutely. How, how do you see this I would happening? say so, absolutely. I mean, the catch is that a lot of them are going to be high-skilled jobs. That's the catch. So you what's the advice to uh, people who want to be in the new economy 2.0 or 4.0, yes. whatever number we've reached? Yes. So I think it's a combination of two pieces. One is um, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of this is, is going to be technology. Medicine especially is not going to stop being a data it's only become more and more an information um, science and information domain. Information is core. So you need to, if you're from an advice perspective, so get a background in, you know, especially the math and science, especially data science is huge, analytics, um, statistics, those kind of things. And then the AI, because we haven't talked about AI, but that's a whole other mm -hmm. piece, and so the neural networks and so on. So get a background in those kind of things, but then find an area that motivates you, because this is—it's—it can be very exciting, but it can also be very hard work. Um, if 
you look at the, just talking with the Ontario MD, it took them four years to really have a whole provincial system that was doing all of these amazing things that won the awards. But to keep you going through those years where you just have to do the work and look for the insights, so find an area that motivates you, that you feel passionate about. Yep. Yeah, that's all right. I, I think yeah. we're almost out of time. Mm. In the last uh, one minute that we have, what is your outlook on how information technology will continue disrupting industry, our lives, and slash or bring value uh, to, to, to communities that need uh, better healthcare? So it absolutely can do both. It can both uh, improve and potentially, as we've seen, we leave people behind because they don't keep up with the technology. Um, so things like the Internet of Things, those remote patient monitoring, that can actually really improve someone's life when they're sitting in their rural outpost without anything else happening, we can improve the quality of their medical care very easily. So that's a fantastic thing. Um, I see, especially the AI, you know, it's going to be very interesting. We've got to driverless cars. <laughs> Are we going to get to replace doctors? <laughs> and I, I don't think we will, but I do think because we still don't have, we can't computerize that human interaction and especially that behavior the behavioural side of things, uh, which is so important in behaviour change. Having said that, even in those areas, technology is actually, as we've got the hackathon going on here, yep. so I've been mentoring the guys there who are writing applications for mental health and stress management and things, and technology can do a lot. So yeah, it will make our lives better, um, but there will be winners and losers, and unfortunately for the losers, that's, that's hard. You know? Chris, thank you so much thank for your time uh, and we really appreciate it. I hope you have a great conference and uh, we'll catch you perhaps next time. That'd be great. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Thank you. It was an unexpected pleasure.